So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. That's a lot more people than I would have thought. That's a lot of people. Yeah. We're not some tin pot little country, Maria Vamasis. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of people. Well, going I just, to these conferences. A political conference? I would have thought like a couple hundred. I don't know. Who wants to go to these things? They're so boring. Smashing Security, Episode 98 of Facebook Omni Shambles with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 98. My name is Graham Cluley. And I'm Carol Terrio. And Carol, hello, hello, hello. We are joined this week by... Let me guess. What, what, what? Is it a David? Well, we've had about four, four or five Davids in a row. Exactly. It is actually, yes, it is a David. It's David Vermasis. Hello, David Vermasis. <laughs> Hi. Hi, it's oh. David. <laughs> oh, no, it's Maria Vermasis. Hi, Maria. Hooray. Much, much better. I, I'll go by David if that helps, but that's also no. confusing for me. I don't know. <laughs> I loved a little David time, but it's time for Maria time. Maria time. Well, what it isn't time for, Kroll, is a time for celebration, because <laughs> at the time we are recording this, it is the morning after... The Podcast Awards. Tell you what, I'm hoping this show is going to cheer me up. I don't think I've smiled all day. There's and got to be a morning after. If you haven't heard, Maria, mm. we didn't win at the Podcast Awards. No. Um, Boo hiss. Well, they're wrong. Despite the enormous <laughs> effort we went to creating our acceptance speech video, which they requested in advance. Yes, yes okay, yes. I was just going to say, they did request it in advance, yes. Yes, they said, if you want any chance of winning, you have to make an acceptance video. They said, oh, so, so we, yeah, we got our friend, Michael Hux, yes. to help us create a cool, cute, cute video, and yep. uh, yeah, we had still lost. So you couldn't win without a video? Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we, it turns out, sometimes you don't win with a video. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't in the bag, you see, I miss, I miss Anyway, it was a brilliant video. We'll link to it in the show notes if people want to see it. It's a great video. video. We're going to use it again. To be honest, it's better than our podcast. I think we should have just won the the (laughs) Trophy Acceptance Video Awards instead of the Podcast Awards. That would have been nice, wouldn't it? Now, Carol, are we even going to do an episode next week? Because you're off somewhere, aren't you? Yes, but we'll have to see what we do next week. Yeah, I'm in Montreal at the Virus Bulletin 2018 conference. Get you. Yes, well, I'm doing a little work there. So if there's any Smashing Security fans uh, in the area, they should come and say hello. Oh, yeah, bonjour. Uh, yeah, they'll, you know. Okay. Will you have a little something for them? You need to slip into... I'm into sticker. Oh, oh. Smashing Security sticker. Will you have anything like that? A little thing to give people, you know, if they're listeners? I don't think people need a sticker to come say hello to me, Graham. I think I'm. Uh, I think uh, Will it help, meeting, me, meeting me is pretty cool. <laughs> it might help. <laughs> hey. This episode of Smashing Security is supported by LastPass. Everyone knows LastPass is password manager for end users, but it's also a great solution for businesses. LastPass Enterprise simplifies password management for companies of all sizes, giving you the right tools to centrally control employee passwords. Go to lastpass.com slash smashing to learn more. 
Hey, Graham. Yes. So I've got a problem. Yes. I use a cloud service. I put all my files and data up there, and I'm kind of nervous about crying eyes looking at it. Any advice? Yeah, you've got to encrypt it. Before I load it up? Well, I would recommend so, because any file which you put on Dropbox or Google Drive or OneDrive or those other sort of cloud services, it could be accessed by that company or indeed law enforcement or any hacker who broke into your account. So what I would recommend is use a piece of software like Boxcryptor. It's what I run on my computer. And any file, before it gets uploaded to those cloud services, gets encrypted with my own keys, which I control. So the cloud service itself can't see the contents of the files which I'm putting on the cloud drive. It's all encrypted. Cool. I'll check it out. Go to boxcrypto.com and thanks to Boxcrypto for supporting the show this week. I want to take you both... On a summer holiday. ...to the heart of Britain. (laughs) The jewel of the Midlands... The beautiful resort known as Birmingham. (laughs) Just up the road. It's not that far from us, is it? No. And that is where the Conservative Party, who are currently the party rule in Britain, have been having their conference this Mm -hmm. week. Yeah. Now, the Conservative Party conference doesn't always go without a hitch. For instance, last year, (laughs) Prime Minister Theresa May, she was giving her keynote speech. She wasn't very well. Well, she did have a cough and someone passed her a lozenge, but that actually was the least of her problems because her (laughs) keynote speech also got interrupted by a comedian who managed to pass her a P45 on stage. That's basically the the form you get when you've you've lost your job. (laughs) (laughs) So what we would call a pink slip. Yes, Yes, gotcha. See, there's a reason why you make them pink, right? If it had been pink, she would not have touched it with a 10-foot pole. She thought it was a secret message. I felt for her anyway. <laughs> and then there was this signage behind her. You know, they put like big slogans behind you. Yeah. And, and she had one behind us which said, build in a country that works for everyone. But during her speech, every now and then, a letter would fall off. The no! It's like the Velcro. <laughs> donk. Oh, donk. God. It did feel a bit like they didn't have a very big budget. It's poetic. It was a bit of an omni shambles, and they don't want a shambles again, do they? Omni shambles. Mm. Yes, they 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 really don't want one of those. So this year, Conservative Party Chairman Brandon Lewis, he's in charge of the whole conference, and yeah. he wanted to make sure that everything went very smoothly. I mean, he was planning to boast at his opening address uh, about the evidence that the party had turned itself around, and uh, that they were really getting with the beat. And they had a new conference app, he was planning to say, which would let delegates provide feedback during cabinet ministers' speeches. All going, you know, oh, wow. What, like, an, like, a, like a Twitter? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that, but a specific conference app. Unfortunately, it turns out that the app has a vulnerability. Unfortunately, my wife is also now printing a document behind me. <laughs> She's somewhere else in the house. I was wondering what that sound was. <laughs> Are you Xerox copying your butt right now? Or? <laughs> Are you paying attention to the podcast? Because this is business. It's not the time app, for The app vulnerability was that uh, printing is going to happen. Yeah. That's my guess. So... I'm, I don't know how many pages there are going to be. <laughs> Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's oh, a Harlequin. Yes. Read a few lines. Read a few lines. Hey, what is this? It, it's either my son's maths homework or it's something to do with the PTA. Okay, um, it's not going to be very long then. No, hang on. Is that a dot matrix? Like, what are we? <laughs> no, well, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a desk <laughs> chair. Yeah, it's a desk chair. Let me just find out how much she's actually printing, Okay. Maria. Yeah. Maybe we should tell him now about our news. <laughs> yeah, right now, while he's not actually listening. I think well, he's, he's editing the podcast. Oh, is he really? <laughs> well, Graham, we right, have news for you. Oh, on? shit. Hang on. Shh, shh, shh. Hang on. I'm coming back. <laughs> right. Hmm? She's, she's rather embarrassed, and she says she won't print anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now, listen, listen. We're behaving. We're being good. Right, okay. (laughs) So. (laughs) Nothing suspicious happened while you were were gone. Just want to assure you, you have nothing to worry about. I have everything above board. Yep. Absolutely nothing went on. Nope. Uh, We didn't say anything about you. Nope. Not in the slightest. Just 
skip over so, that bit. Listen, listen. Mm. There was a Conservative Party conference app, and unfortunately, the app had a vulnerability. It had a weakness. You could access and change anyone's information simply by entering their email address. No password required. Okay. You could access anyone's account. No whoa, printer whoa, involved? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> No, it wasn't a printer flaw. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Graham. Yes. So yes, I, I go to this app and I put in your email address. Uh, presuming I was a Tory MP, yes. Presuming you were a Tory MP. Mm, yes. Which you are now, by the way. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. Right? It's been happening. Happen. <laughs> a career with a future. Or yeah. perhaps not. <laughs> and then and then I'd have access to your page and I could say you don't live at your address, but you live at um, Bum, well, Bum Sweat Lane. You would... Uh, wow. You, you could Come change on. my profile photo. You could view my mo- secret mobile phone number. You could Eek. maybe send me messages or send messages from my account so to other members. So this was not members. meant to be open to anyone. No, no, no. Saying. It certainly was not. And the problem is, right, so the only authentication is an email address. In the UK... Wait, that was it? There's not even a password? No, no, there's no password. What? In the... <laughs> Have I not made this clear? In the UK, MPs' email addresses are public. They are published on the parliamentary website. It's a matter of public knowledge how you get hold of your MP via email. Yeah, right? that's nothing. Yeah, that, yeah. So, so it was easy to get hold of any of these or to log in. Now, it wasn't just MPs who were affected by this, but of course, there are lots of political journalists who go. In fact, a, a total of 11,000 people are in attendance at this conference, oh. and many of them were presumably on this app. That's a lot now, more people than I would have thought. That's a lot of people. Yeah, We're not some tin pot little country, Maria Vamasis. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of people well, going just, to these conferences. A political conference? I would have thought like a couple hundred. I don't know. Who wants to no. go to these things? They're so no, boring. You get all the MPs, all the aides and the people they're having affairs with. You have the journalists. <laughs> you have companies because there'll be an exhibition there. People who are touting Oh, exhibitionists. Yes, yes. Yes. All yeah. those mm-hmm. exhibitionists. So all, all those sort of people. Now, as a consequence of this, another number of things happened. You will find it hard to believe, but there are pranksters and mischief makers out there who, when they get hold of a minister's private mobile phone number, they might call them up. Wait, is that all they do? No, no, no. It goes further than that, of course. (laughs) Because that's not what I would do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, other victims included former London mayor and former foreign secretary and wannabe prime minister Bojo Boris Johnson, uh, who had his picture briefly replaced uh, by something unmentionable. But yeah. I think the clue is in his surname, Johnson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See, that's more where I would have gone with that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Juvenile. Mm. Oh, juvenile, absolutely. Immature. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and there were also journalists who were tweeting actual screenshots of themselves effectively hacking into MPs' accounts. And I, this is where it begins to get a little bit dodgy because, for instance, Guardian columnist Dawn Foster, who was one of the first to notice the flaw, she raised the alarm. Right. Mm-hmm. She posted a picture of herself having accessed Boris Johnson's account. And and she was fuming. She was saying, look, you can do this with anyone who's on the app and you can post comments as them. They've essentially made every journalist, politician and attendee's mobile number public. Fantastic, she said sarcastically. Rather embarrassing. (laughs) Thank you for that clarification. (laughs) (laughs) Need a sarcasm alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't catch that. British Simply person wonderful. using sarcasm, you may not have noticed. As an American, it went right over my head. <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> now, imagine, imagine you were a state-sponsored hacker mm. wanting to infect an MP's smartphone with a zero-day exploit or even just fish them. Their mobile phone number, well, that'd be pretty useful, wouldn't it? So I think all Conservative MPs, their mobile phone numbers have to now be considered public knowledge. Everyone who was listed in the app needs a new mobile phone number pronto. And journalists as well who were in the app, they need new mobile phone numbers as well because of this security breach. And, you know, there are people out there who want to hack into journalist phones, aren't they? Now, tell me, is Brandon Lewis thoroughly embarrassed? I imagine that (laughs) his crumpets are being toasted right now. I don't think he deserves any crumpets after this (laughs) shenanigans. I imagine that he is in a little bit of hot water about this, because, of course, this distracted from a wonderful, fantastic conference as they were going forward. And Yeah, awesome. he doxed 11,000 people, basically. 
Well, um, yeah, I mean, he didn't write the code. It was uh, the developers. Oh, he didn't? Of, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, we don't get the actual chairman of the party to write the code. Oh, it's ask a little his... different over here, Maria. I, I, know, I know you guys are I know on, Trump does on everything. the average smarter than us, so I don't know what the level is, you know. Like... Donald Trump gets his son, Baron, doesn't he? Because he's really good with computers. We've said that to us before. He gets him to it. Now, a company called Crowdcoms, they've apologised and said that they fixed the app. And... Um, but, you know, the damage has been That's done. That's not really an oops thing, right? <laughs> this isn't like a, sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. Hugs. <laughs> well, this, I think, is the central point here, which is conference apps. Do we really need them? And I, I was reading an article oh. by a chap called Matthew Hughes on the next web. And he's saying, you know, basically, they're all a load of rubbish, aren't they? Yep. They're just yeah. there to track you. I'm speaking at a conference this week, actually, and one of my followers on Twitter said, hey, Graham, I've just installed the conference app, and it's asking for my location on Android. You know, why on earth would it be doing this? And I thought, well, maybe it's to track speakers. You know, if I went off to the loo or something and I should have been on stage, maybe they'd be able to find me that way. But yeah, generally, <laughs> I think it probably unnecessary, right? Mm. But Matthew Hughes on the next web, he says conference apps, they're as close as you get to disposable software. They're like Pampers diapers. Use once, then discarded. And as a result, they seldom have the polish you might expect from a commercial piece of code. And I would imagine if this company made an app for this particular conference, they make, make apps for other conferences, just reuse them. So there may be many other conferences, maybe from other political parties, which have similar vulnerabilities. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point, actually. I don't think I've ever thought about that before. But, of course, they're just one-hit wonders, these apps, aren't they? Yeah, I don't really need an app for a conference. What I need is an agenda, right? Or a map. <laughs> a so piece paper. of paper. Yeah. A, piece of pa- a, piece of pa- a piece of paper? Yes. Wouldn't that be a novel thing to do? That you could fold and put in your pocket? <gasps> oh, flexible screen. Fantastic. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I think it would be much smarter if these people use platforms that are trusted and recognized. And I'm not actually having trouble thinking of one that is trusted. Well, the internet. I mean, just put it on your website. The agenda. I mean, you know yeah. why that. You know why yeah. conferences use these apps. Right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, 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 if the agenda is on the website, when you go to the conference, there's often lousy network coverage or the Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah, it's sucks. non-existent. Yeah, but right. that, but if you have a conference app that's trying to pull that information from the internet anyway, yeah, then Graham. you have the same problem. It could cash it, couldn't it? But yeah. <laughs> so, conference apps—they exist because the conference organizers are going. Our agenda is going to change at the last minute. Some gr- some Graham dude is not going to end up speaking because he's in the bathroom. So we need to change the lineup, and we need people to know that. And paper doesn't update itself yet. I think I'm going to add that to my advice column, though. That you know what? Say no to one-hit wonder apps. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're alone now. <laughs> we're advocating people just printing stuff out, are we? Interesting. Just after take just a happened. notebook and write it down. <laughs> get rid of the computer, get rid of the phone, just go back to paper. At least in an emergency, you, you can put the paper to additional uses. So that's... What? Well, you mentioned the bathroom. <laughs> what, you wipe your butts with paper? In an emergency, Carol. <laughs> Not even, no. Oh, I once, no. I was at, once out walking my dog. Wait, do we really need to hear <laughs> No. I don't want to hear the rest of the story. No. Maria, Maria, what story have you brought for us this week? So equivalent to talking about wiping your rear end with something, we're talking about Facebook. The cyberlight story. <laughs> Settle in, kids. This is going to be fun. Um, so <laughs> big, big story this week, hard for me to even concentrate on much of anything due to the whole political situation in the States right now. So I was, some sort of breach happened on a day where there was a lot of news happening politically in the States and it was Facebook and I don't know, it kind of went under the radar for me, which was, <laughs> I'm sure completely on purpose. Must've been, yeah, it must've been a coincidence, right? Yeah. That they would announce this breach on a day when they knew not a lot of people in the States at least were yeah. paying attention. Uh, so gross. Yeah. So, gross. so so let's let's talk about what has now been dubbed the uh, Facebook view as debacle. I don't, I'm mm-hmm. dubbing it that. I don't know who's dubbed it that but me. Uh, <laughs> I did not pay attention to any real details here on the story, so I am very pleased. Because you're not a Facebook user, are you? No, certainly not. That's the lovely thing about not being on Facebook. Uh, Didn't give a shit. Don't give, <laughs> don't give a flip. It's great. Well, 
A lot of people still use it. I do care. I do care. I care for you. I care for you, Maria. Because you use it. I do. (laughs) I wasn't affected as far as I know, but whatever. I don't know. So... Did you at least hear about this view as debacle? Yes. Are, are yes, you familiar? Yes. Okay, 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 okay. So, for those that aren't familiar, uh, Facebook announced uh, this past week that someone, some external actor, some malfeasant, exploited a vulnerability that impacted the view as feature on Facebook, which is the little button that you hit on your profile that lets you see how your profile appears to somebody else, usually the general public. Oh, to see if you're revealing too much or too little information. Yeah, it's a nice little privacy check to go, okay, I want my profile to look like basically nothing to a random person I'm arguing with on some news article. It's it's actually a really nice feature. And I I like that Facebook has this because it it helps you check that your privacy settings are set correctly. Yeah. you know, if I was my crazy stalker, would he be able to view me? Yep. No, he can't. Fantastic. Okay, let's, you know, it's, it's a good thing. Well, I bet you loved it if it were coded properly. Let's hear what happened. Maria. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, because right, <laughs> right now it's disabled and here's why. <laughs> so when you pretend with the view as feature to pretend to be someone else, you end up with this little token, which is that person you're impersonating's key effectively right and you're able to grab it if you're a bad guy and actually pretend to be that person for real yes okay yeah so i think i'm following basically very 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 high level somebody could get access to your facebook account like that right and then screw around with it and pretend to be you and say stuff and and all sorts of things so let's let's talk for half a sec maybe a little longer than that <laughs> and we're done. Um, the weird, the weird cascade of flaws in Facebook that actually allowed this to happen, I thought was fascinating because it wasn't just one thing. Mm. It's actually three. It rarely things. is. Yeah, it but rarely is. somebody figured this out. I mean, obviously, a lot of people are targeting Facebook, and this is like a really cool. I think it's kind of cool how they figured this out. So, problem number one: in one version of View as. When you're specifically wishing somebody happy birthday, so it has to be like the target's birthday, uh, the video uploader still appears, which it should not. So that's problem number one. Okay. Number two, apparently it it appears as if you are the person you are viewing and not yourself, which it should what? not either. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then three, with a change in the video uploader that Facebook made last year, the video uploader incorrectly generates an access token with more permissions than it should. So you can see a video uploader when you shouldn't be able to. Yeah. You get it shows as you are the person that you are viewing, you are not yourself, which is <laughs> this is like some very philosophical stuff. And number three, you then <laughs> Is it me? Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> and then number three, you get more permissions than you should through the video uploader. So there's mm, some mm. weird squirreliness. It's very, very interesting, Maria. Very interesting. I think you really put your finger on it. Um, I, I think we can maybe summarize this as omni shambles. Omni shambles, yes. Almost like a like you've got a member of the Conservative Party in the UK to write Facebook's code, something like that. Basically, that, that you're level. able to do way more than you should. It's, right. it's a mess. It's a mess. Okay. It's a mess. It's a mess. It's a so, mess. You don't need to know anymore. It's a complete mess. <laughs> and, and please 50... don't ask what happened. It's a mess. <laughs> oh my god! There, we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes to the t- detailed technical explanation. <laughs> Facebook's actually given us some information on how this all went down, but they, they're being a little cagey because they're they're not entirely sure they've got it locked down yet. They, so they don't understand themselves how the code works <laughs> because yeah. you're not you; you're somebody else, it, and that's where it starts getting really confusing. <laughs> So when you combine all these problems, basically the attacker could grab that access token that allows them to log in as somebody else. That's that's right. really the crux yes. of it. Yes, 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 yes. So that's on its own. It's a problem. But then, so was it a vulnerability or was it a hacked? Was it taken? Was it breached? Well, those three problems combined make a capital V vulnerability. Which yep. Then an, an attacker can exploit. So you want to call it a hack? Sure. No, no, no. What I mean is it hasn't been exploited yet. It's oh, no, definitely- it was. Oh, it has. It was. Okay. Yes. They okay. confirmed that it was active. It, it was actually taken advantage of. So they huh. ended up resetting access tokens for 50 million users <gasps> that they confirmed were affected. Does not mean all 50 million were breached. It means that those people were affected by this issue. So 50 million users were forced out of Facebook and they had to basically re-log in again. And on top of that, Facebook said there was another 40 million mm. users that were potentially... Mm, problematically affected so that's total 90 million users yeah that who had to reset 
their access token by logging in. And logging even in. though this vulnerability has been present since July of 2017, yes, Facebook only found out about this. I think. I think they. What first happened was they saw a spike in the activity on one of their servers on September 16th. Mm. Okay, and it was only last week that they noticed. A few days before they decided to bury the news amongst all the political stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that timing was suspect. <laughs> it was only last week that they realised. Oh, we've actually been breached, and that's what that huge spike in activity was. Was people grabbing tokens and they don't have a chief security officer right now because Alex Stamos is no longer with Facebook so that's oh, oh, that's they kind haven't of replaced him no they haven't so that's oh, that's another yeah no yeah yeah it's outrageous though isn't it well there's more to this <laughs> okay okay <laughs> I feel like I'm always like and there's more bad news so you know how a lot of people use Facebook to sign onto other services that <laughs> that Facebook single sign-on thing mm-hmm. um this whole hack means that potentially if the attacker had your token, they could have also logged into any other services that you were logged into before Facebook figured this all out. So, oh, before. So they wouldn't be able to do that now. Well, that, now they've reset the keys. I yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's possible now. But before Facebook figured this out, and presumably this could have been going on for you know, a little while, having that access token means they could log into, for example, your Spotify account if you used Facebook to sign into Spotify. Oh, no. Don't <laughs> let the hackers get my mix lists. Right, which is terrible. <laughs> or, you know, your your home delivery services. Or in my case, like if Spotify is now in conjunction with Ancestry and is making a playlist right. of, uh, based so on this- my DNA, that person now has my DNA info. So that's great. I don't know. <laughs> Or your dating app or all kinds of things do oh, use Facebook stuff. login, don't they? So now we shouldn't even use apps that, I mean, I was going to call Facebook a trusted app and then I was going to go, <laughs> 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 but, you know, so we can't use one-off apps and... Uh, like the co- conference apps. Thanks for cheering me up, guys. You I was all it. depressed about the fact that we hadn't won the award and I'm now... <laughs> We can now just say Facebook as a single sign-on is really not a good idea. We've said that before, and now we're like, well, it's we've got more proof. They've actually had an issue now about this, and maybe we should reconsider using that everywhere. Because uh, mm. Facebook really wants to be your internet everywhere identity. and uh, Your internet BFF. Yeah, maybe maybe there's some other solution Backstabbing. Out there. I don't know, but it ain't Facebook. <laughs> Strike one Facebook. That's not good, is it? That's another. Strike one. Well, that's another nail in the coffin. You think it's more than that, Krill? Strike seventeen million. <laughs> well, look. Why don't you cheer us up with a happy, <laughs> jolly security story which rest- restores our trust in these online services? Over to you, Krill. <laughs> He's setting me up, guys, because he knows that I want to talk about Facebook too. Ah! I know. And Facebook he- too. Is that the sequel? <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Look, it's important. It, I, like I know we're all bored of Facebook, but you know we need to talk about Zucks and his Facebook fail because there's another problem with this, and this oh, isn't just Facebook. Him. This is also Twitter, Google, and so on. This story comes to us thanks of months and months of investigation work by a group of four academics and Gizmodo's Kashmir Hill. So there's all kinds of notes in the show notes for you. This all starts with a few researchers deciding to figure out how phone numbers and email addresses get sucked into the advertising ecosystem vortex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because... There's some addresses that you kind of put out there for that. I don't know if you guys do that. You may have a kind of junk account or junk mail address that you may use for certain purchases. For phone numbers? or e- <laughs> Well, for certain purchases, right? Yes. Not with phone numbers, but for email addresses. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do. Dave at Varmazas.com. And if suddenly you, you know, <laughs> and if you had a very kind of protected email address, the one that you didn't want to get into the wrong hands, you wanted to keep kind of clean, you might be surprised if you're being advertised on it. And how they got that information. And that's what these guys are trying to get into. That's what's bugging them. How are they getting access to this information? So let's go back and just think about how online advertising works, right? So Facebook, and I'm sure everyone has a version of this somewhere, says that they use the information it has about you, including information on your interests and your actions and your connections to select and personalize ads, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not a surprise. And what do you guys assume that includes in terms of information they'd have access to? Oh, literally everything. (laughs) Just me? No. (laughs) 
So it'd be based upon information you've given them, things like your hometown, maybe your age. So stuff in your profile? Your, yeah, your, your interests, groups that you've liked, or you know, your, your interests and things you've liked on Facebook, I would imagine. Things you comment on. Mm. Yeah. Mm. What if you said, though, this is only for me, like don't show this information to anyone else, like say your contacts, for instance. Oh, I think- would expect Facebook to completely and utterly honour that. <laughs> um, I would trust Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah. that's so sweet. You see, I'm, I wasn't totally surprised that they would take that information as well, right? Because even though only me kind of misleads you, it's a bit misleading, I think. But anything else? Oh, man. Any, if you hover your mouse over something, uh, I assume uh, if you're on a computer, which you know, nobody is anymore, but they would say, hey, this shows interest. I don't know. What if I told you that Facebook also harvests information that you put into your security page to beef up your security? You know, like your 2FA stuff, your multi-factor authentication, the phone number they're supposed to call in case you get locked out of the app. Really? Oh, that should be, shouldn't that be behind like a, a wall, like in a vault, like hands off? That's, that's not what that information's for. Right? So this security contact information, according to this academic team that did research in this, and it's not like Facebook, you know, we're upfront about this, right? This Mm. took months and months of digging and researching to be able to prove this. And they put a paper together to kind of explain how they did it. But they hoover up and snarfle up all that security contact information and then basically Mm. hand it over to Facebook vetted, whatever that means, advertisers. Uh, they're not really I think I need to stop you just there they're not handing it over to the advertisers are they so it's not like the advertisers get a database of all of this information it's just that they are able to advertise and target based upon it so Facebook does the match up so yes it's like a dating game but it's still underhand and Facebook is allowing this huge resource of people going yeah these are people that might be interested in buying this Mm. yeah but that distinction we're making most people aren't like the the end result is the same that information should not be connected to advertising in any way that should be walled off it should in my mind anyway but I guess Facebook says, well, what's the point? You're putting that data in my app, so I'm going to do whatever the hell I want with it. What, whatever you're thinking I'm using it for, I'm going to do it for my own purposes. Because I'm Facebook. Fuck you. But they're also doing this with two-factor authentication, which on Facebook it doesn't have to be SMS-based any longer. But if you were using SMS-based and you gave them your actual mobile phone number. They also have the in-app version, though, the code generator on the yes. phone app. Yes. Yes. Yep. And so that th- this particular instance, that's not affected because you haven't given Facebook your mobile phone number then, right? But if you have used the version which requires the mobile phone number, Mm -hmm. then what the advertiser does is they upload loads of phone numbers which they've collected through some means or another of people they want to advertise in front of. And Facebook matches it to the mobile phone number which you have associated with your account by enabling two-factor authentication. If So if you put this information to your security page, it takes about a week or two, apparently, according to the researchers, before you start seeing targeted ads that specifically use that hoovered up information from your security page. So they're calling it PII-based targeting. Mm. And it allows an advertiser to uniquely identify an individual. And I don't even know how this sits with GDPR. Like, it just seems crazy to me. So by whatever means Facebook has acquired your phone number... Basically, it, it, they don't care if you gave it to them under the guise of it's for security only. They're like, well, we have it. So we're putting it in the big phone number pile. Right. <sighs> like of all the things that Facebook has done, this one I cannot believe is making me go. This is probably the one that makes me most uncomfortable. Me too. Yeah. It's like so it's not satisfied with the contact information that you volunteer as part of your profile. But it also wants the deets you provide to get extra privacy and security at their recommendation. Right. They say to you, please do this so that your account can be more secure. And it pisses me off. (gasps) Sorry to use big language, boys and girls. But I do feel a bit like Facebook are acting a little bit like scammers, right? Because they're not being totally upfront about what they're taking from users. They're not being explicit about it in their terms and conditions that they're taking that information. You've gone too far now. You're suggesting that Facebook is in some fashion underhand. And I, I just will not accept that they've ever done anything dodgy whatsoever. Uh, this is this, this is a step to. Sorry, do I need the klaxon again? The sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> so, are we saying that Facebook has no scruples? Are we really saying that? No scruples whatsoever. Mm. I I I do feel like this particular instance shows a real lack of because they can't put this down to oh yeah we had no idea. 
right? Like they play dumb when it suits them, I feel. But I think this is just underhand because by, and it's, they're not alone. Omni unscrupulous. (laughs) Omni unscrupulous. (laughs) So they are literally, you know, effectively selling this security PII information to third party advertisers. And by in doing that, they're pitting privacy against security. Yeah. And that is the issue, right? It's a bad precedent. Yes, because yeah. we in the IT industry, this is why I think you're pissed off, because this is why I'm pissed off. We advise people all the time to take advantage of these security yes. features like 2FA to yeah. help users keep better control of their accounts. Yeah, that's never what that information is for. So the EFF is freaking out about this, and I don't blame them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they yeah. are worried that people are going to stop using things, security features like 2FA to authorize accounts because they've heard about this big story. And of course, from a security point of view, that's a big step backwards if we stopped using 2FA because that's what helps you keep control of your account. So, but should you have to do that as a trade-off for privacy? It's insane. We've joked about this. This is bloody awful. Yeah. And I haven't joked about it, actually. Well, <laughs> I've been well, very serious. She's on the verge of tears over there. I can hear it. Yes. <laughs> a few giggles might have been nice. But, anyway, was, <laughs> but no, I mean, but it's it, it, this is terrible because it's deliberate. It's intentional. Yeah. It's underhand. And you can't trust them. And we all know Facebook. that Facebook are hurting for cash, right? We yeah. know that. That's why they're doing this. Because they just quit Facebook, <laughs> just quit Facebook, just quit Facebook now. Just quit <laughs> Facebook, just quit Facebook. Hey Graham, you were talking about Brock Scripter earlier. Yes. What about price? Is it super expensive? Oh, no, it's free for non-commercial use. Um, And if you have a company and want to take advantage of some of the enterprise features, and obviously you spend a little bit of money, but they have flexible licenses as well. But your data is encrypted before it reaches the cloud, works with lots of cloud services, and it's cloud security made in Germany. And that's cool, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Boxcryptor. Boxcryptor.com. Go and check it out. Many of us have worked in big companies, right? And we know that it only takes one person to make a boo-boo to allow the hackers in. Imagine running a company, hiring new stuff, and worrying that one of them might bring their bad password habits into the office. Horrendous nightmare. That's one of the reasons why businesses, small and large, need a password management solution like LastPass Enterprise. LastPass brings a vast array of features for enterprise users, including company-wide policies, reporting, user groups and roles, and new support. Support for Microsoft Active Directory. As an administrator, you can create highly secure passwords for your new starters right from the onset. Means no snafus. Listeners can check it out for themselves by visiting lastpass.com slash smashing. No more password snafus, no more boo-boos, just LastPass. And welcome back. And you join us at our favourite time of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Pick of the week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. It could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they like. God, it's like you've said that a hundred times. <laughs> 98 <laughs> times so far. <laughs> not security related necessarily. Definitely should not be. Now, my pick of the week is related to a TV program which is broadcast in the UK. I don't believe, uh, Maria, you will be able to see it in the United States uh, unless you do some craftiness with a VPN and pretend to be based in the UK and go onto iPlayer. Tut, tut, if you do. What are you talking about? Um, I'm talking about a TV show called The One Show. Oh, you're recommending The One Show? Just wait and see. I don't know what this is. Oh my God. The One Show is a BBC television magazine oh, program. Snorfest. Broadcast live <laughs> on weeknights at 7 pm. So, sort of prime time here in the UK. Unfortunately, even though it's been on for about 10 years, BBC One's program controls don't seem to have noticed that it's complete and utter shite. <laughs> wow. Don't right. hold back. I just yeah. said Snorfest. <laughs> I don't know why you're comparing it to fecal matter. It's not just a snore. It is an omni-shambles, a word that we've used quite a lot in this podcast. <laughs> it has lost all meaning at this point. It's filled with gaff. It's painfully terrible. But it's there on our main TV channel. Pot kettle. Oi, watch it. And so, 
because no one else appears to have done anything to put it out of its misery, there is a new podcast called The The One Show Show. Okay. And what they do <laughs> is every week... Does they someone look, have a stutter? Every week. <laughs> they look back. They do the very important job of ridiculing it. Looking back over past episodes, so for instance, the most recent one uh, was Rowan Atkinson talking about his new movie with his uh, sidekick as Johnny English. Okay, so they English. get serious guests on the show. Oh, yes, yes. Right. They get very serious guests, and then they get truly bizarre people to sit like on Rowan the sofa Atkinson. next to them. Oh, no. So, <laughs> anyway, so this podcast, The the One Show Show, uh, features John Holmes, not that one, and mm. guests forensically analysing each week of the show and ripping it to shreds. Oh, now, I don't know if I like it now. That's a bit evil. Well, someone has to put it out of its misery. being paid a ton in the BBC. But I think they do make quite a lot of money, the presenters of this do show. You think? Yes, I think they probably do, Carl. I've always seen it as a kind of afternoon show. Well, they put it on at 7pm. You know, yeah, it's still, I was surprised by that, actually. Now, if you don't... I don't watch the one show, obviously, because... It's rubbish. But you will probably, even if you don't like The One Show, enjoy The The One Show Show. Um, because it's quite... You too if you can laugh at them, even <laughs> if you don't know them. It's quite funny. It's quite funny. I'll you're take bit, your word for it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, a little bit mean-spirited, Cluey. Well, I, I just... Well, <laughs> <laughs> I no just, words, no words. I, I pay hush, for hush. the one show. I pay a BBC licence fee. And it's one of those shows which, unlike Doctor Who, which is returning this very weekend. They probably get 20p and they're very grateful for your 20p that they get <laughs> from your licence every year. Anyway, I found the podcast funny and maybe other people will. And that is why, Carol, it is my, if not yours, pick <laughs> of the week. Thank you. <laughs> Did you take a little bow at the end there? <laughs> I did a little flourish. Oh, little curtsy. You know what? It sounds to me like cyberbullying. Oh, for goodness On a digital scale. Yeah, well, if we're going on that route, then Zuck's going to say that we're cyberbullying him because we're picking on Facebook so much. So Yeah, let's do a nice little bland podcast, shall we, Carol, where we're really nice to everybody. And we, we just say, oh, well, bless them. Bless, 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 bless Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, well, oh, he's so good, isn't he? I love his hair. I love his hoodie. No, we're not, we're not doing that sort of show. We're saying it as it is, right? Well, maybe that should be episode 100 where you just... <laughs> Can I ask one question before we move on to the next pick of the week? How many times have you watched the one show? Literally never. A handful of times. A handful of times. You know, if it's been on and, you know, I've been in the room and I might have been there rolling my eyes at the inanity of it all. Yes, maybe. I watched one with Bruce Willis once, a very, very awkward interview on the one show. Maybe I'll dig it out and put it in the show notes. I think I've seen that one. Right. So and he did not play ball, did he? I no, think that must have been a meme not, going around. They're not very good presenters, to be honest, and they do ask very dumb questions. Anyway, I digress. I apologize. Right. Um <laughs> Maria, what's your pick of the week? Well, my pick of the week is a uh an internet artistic experimenty thing. It's, it's got a Facebook presence, but I'll ignore that. We'll obviously. go straight to Twitter. <laughs> yeah, obviously. We'll go they have a Twitter account and the name of this internet experiment artistic y thing is called The Man Who Has It All. So mm. the Twitter account is Man Who Has It All. That's what it okay, is. I'm looking at it right now. Right, so okay. I'll I'll just I'll just read some of the tweets. Time to get up, dads, before your wife and kids. Now is the time to prepare healthy snacks, get a load of washing in, and exfoliate your elbows. Working dad, pro tip, empower yourself by starting a gratitude journal. Log every occasion your wife helps you with the housework or the kids. Or one of my favorites, I don't mind being called a postwoman because I know it covers both women and men. Anything else would sound silly, says Ben, 30 ma- 33, male postwoman. <laughs> I think I've worked out what they're doing here. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great. <laughs> I feel slightly uncomfortable um, because I, of course, uh, allegedly have a penis. And so I, I, I feel slightly uneasy. Allegedly. It appears the worm has turned and womankind is rebelling through the form of this I Twitter love this. account. It's like, actually, it's a gender neutral term. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a brilliantly like funny thing and they make me laugh so much. And so I just uh. follow them on Twitter and uh, they tweet oh, a lot. And it's so I've just fell in. I just fallen in love. I just saw a t-shirt for saying crazy cat gentleman. 
Yes, <laughs> like, and men. Yeah. <laughs> a little, just a little reminder to smile today because women like positive men. It's great. Uh, it's really, really great. And uh, yeah, I, I don't even well, know what else to say. A few tips for you, Graham. A few tips. Yes, for you. go on then. Mm. I, I realize I'm no, being no. kicked here. Go on. No, I think just. <laughs> no, you're I just not. think follow. No, you're not. No, I just no. think follow follow the follow the feed and learn a few things, dude. <laughs> Oh, I got one right here. Man architect is not an offensive term. It is simply a way to differentiate them from proper <laughs> architects. End of story. What's your problem, Graham? You man host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this account so much. I thought you were going to say man ho rather than man host. So I suppose I should be <laughs> pleased about that at least. Male guitarist. Allegedly. Male guitarist. Okay. Um, r- moving rapidly on. <laughs> made all the listeners really uncomfortable oh no no we, we've got we've got plenty of male listeners as well as female oh really oh, oh great yes. oh it's yes. wonderful yes yes it's really nice to talk to men once in a while i don't hear from them very often that, just like most tech podcasters you know we we, yeah. we, we have a small just women a all small the time women listening. we have an open door policy for men yes <laughs> nothing but estrogen you know what we're pretty good because we have a, a, a pretty much 50-50 mix between the hosts, don't we? I mean, I'm mostly male and Kroll, you're mostly female. You weigh We've, a little more than I do. <laughs> like, by little, I mean... <laughs> Host by weight is apparently what we're doing. <laughs> well, if it's even Stevens, I'm just saying. <laughs> so my pick of the week, since no one's going to introduce me, my pick of the week revolves around Lenovo and their attempt to boldly go where no laptop has gone before. <laughs> Say hello oh to the Star Trek Dream PC. Oh my god, my god, my god. Please click on the provided YouTube link, friends. Okay, don't Rick roll me. At home, you can go to the show notes. Oh my god, this is so cool! Look at that. It's got lights. It actually is a laptop modeled after the 23rd Century Federation Starship, USS Enterprise. The original, no letter. Yeah, it's not perfect because they had to squeeze in a lot of tech under the hood. It's not perfect, Carol, because if this is a laptop, it's a very, very inconvenient shape. (laughs) Do you think so, Graham? Yes, I do. do. Yeah, but look at those nacelles. They're gorgeous. Oh, my God. (laughs) I I am clearly the target audience for this. How are you going to get a case for this? Does this sound delicious to you, Maria? It has a GeForce RTX 2080 graphics cards. Is that exciting? (laughs) Uh, GeForce is okay. Yeah, I don't... Okay. All right. What about ninth generation Intel CPU? That's pretty advanced. And apparently, is it overclocked? (laughs) Yes, it's overclocked. Of course it's overclocked. (laughs) Shouldn't it be next generation rather than ninth generation? No, this is original track. This is not next generation. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, I've been out-nerded. Yes. Oh, you're on my turf now, Graham. You're on my turf. <laughs> Careful now. <laughs> I will not out Doctor Who you, but <laughs> so so this is apparently it's fairly high spec. It's only available in China, Maria. Ah, it's, that's an easy problem. It to was work at around. the uh, at the Beijing um, Beijing Tech World Conference. Mm. Oh, I'm not Bajoran. Um, Did you twenty two hundred a- really? USD? <laughs> He made a DS9 joke just now. That's impressive. I didn't Are you know impressed? You. I'm, yeah. I'm actually a little impressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. A DS9 It's joke. not... Carol, I have to refute this claim that this is a, a, a proper laptop. This, first of all, you could not use this on your lap. <laughs> yeah, not convenient to walk around with, you know? Not really easy to take into presentations okay. to your sci-fi... I don't know, conventions. And how much does it cost? 2200 bucks. Okay, that's actually not as bad as it could be because there's also a replica of a card desktop computer that just came out. And it doesn't do anything. It doesn't actually work as a computer, but it costs $2,500. Just for a replica. Just for a replica. of It's just like a screen that lights yeah. up that doesn't do anything, and it looks like the thing he had in his ready room, but it doesn't work as a computer. So at least this works as a computer, and it's cheaper. I could probably make you a replicator if you wanted a hot, hot cup of tea. <laughs> Girl Grey, hot. So, I just yes. wish I could see it open. I want to see the screen. Yeah, that's my confusion is how does this... How does this computer? I think the, <laughs> the I think you know. Okay, if you imagine the Starship Enterprise is basically a donut with a few I don't know a whisk at the back of it 
or an donut iron, with a, a donut on, a, on an well, iron. Just say it looks, it looks like looks the Starship like. Enterprise. That's what it looks like. <laughs> okay, that's okay. But if I'm going to say the top lid of the Starship Enterprise, the saucer, the saucer. This is painful. <laughs> that's for the CD drive, I guess. Is it ah! right? <laughs> that's probably the hard drive, though, legit. That's. But where's the screen, then? I think th- it looks like there's a screen behind it. I think you have to lug a monitor around with it as well. Oh, this is just the hard drive? Are you sure this actually is a laptop, crawl and not a desktop computer? Yeah, no, I, I I'm think- not sure at all. Oh, it says, with an optional built-in projector coming soon. Oh, there oh, interesting. You are. Okay, because it says it's just a... Construct. It's a massive metal construction PC. So look. To be what? honest, I didn't do a lot of research in this. I really, <laughs> really? I knew really? Maria would take over because she loves Star Trek. So it was just basically an easy oh. win. I slid it in there. It all went perfectly. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> don't, don't worry. I don't think anyone noticed. Anyone who that- wants to see, hold on. Anyone who wants to look at it, check the show notes. But Enterprise NCC one seven zero one. No bloody A B C or D. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Okay. I, I don't know what's going on. Well, for, fortunately, we have a number of male nerds who listen to this podcast who have no problem at all understanding what Maria's talking about. So, Male nerds is great. Like, there are yes. not many of them, so especially yeah. well, about Well, no, we need to differentiate them because they're not proper yes. nerds, right? Correct. When you, male when you nerds. Get, when you get yeah. a male fan of Star these, Trek, these there's something to be celebrated. guys is a thing, yeah, you know? exactly. It's such exactly. a thing. They're just, they're just fanboys. Squeeing away. What? Okay. Okay. No, maybe not. Anyway, no. on that bombshell, I think I think we've we've spoken enough, frankly. I think we're done. Maria, if people want to follow you online to share uh. Star Trek gossip, how should they do that? <laughs> the internet. Uh Twitter. Twitter's good. Uh <laughs> Twitter. Do You'll spell, find me. You'll find yeah, they'll me. They'll find me. Yeah, I was yeah. like, do I have to spell my name Google out again? M V R M E Z I S. You can find me on the internet. I'm on Twitter. Okay. Just find me on Twitter. And you can find us on Twitter at Smash Insecurity. No G. Twitter wouldn't allow us to have a G. And it's a good idea to follow us there because we often will tweet out discount codes, which you can save money at our online store and grab a mug, a T-shirt, a sticker at smashinsecurity.com slash store. I would like uh, that people send in their favorite moments from the past 97 episodes. <laughs> this one was full of them. <laughs> oh, Yes. It was definitely full of something. So that'll make my job of editing the 100th episode maybe easier. Oh, so you're asking people if they... I'm asking people to if please, please send in the episode and a timestamp of your favorite moments of Smashing Security. And you, your, your episode might get in with a chance to be on the 100th episode. Could they also just email in with stuff they love about Smashing Security or maybe Me, an audio clip? Maybe they could send us some audio clips. Yeah, if you have anything nice to say about uh, Maria or I, we're very welcome to hear it. <laughs> Studio at smashingsecurity.com. Can someone exactly. do a master edit of Graham, you doing just like your wheezy chuckle thing? Just like a whole <laughs> master edit of that? <laughs> just a chain of them. <laughs> what a wonderful man laugh. <laughs> Until next time. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Adieu, mes amis. Bye. See, I'm going to Montreal. That's why I said that. Oh, yes. I'm going to eat poutine. Oh. I don't know what that is. Maybe a smoked meat poutine. (laughs) It's not Vladimir. (laughs) (laughs) It's delicious. That's all I got to say. I have yet to have really great poutine. So, well, come to Montreal. No, I've been. When I went, I didn't have good poutine. I was like, this is crap. (gasps) Mon Dieu.